We're going to open up the word in just a moment. But let's pray. Before I do, let me ask you, just bow your head and close your eyes. Did you come this morning expecting to meet with Jesus? Expecting his spirit to touch you? Expecting him to bring revelation? Let me ask you, were you expecting to be changed today? Because that's what he does. Sometimes we are looking for a little bit of inspiration or a little bit of enthusiasm. And what he says is that he's wanting to transform us and change us, to grow us in the image of Christ. So Holy Spirit, we open our hearts to you. We embrace all that you're doing. We thank you for your presence in the worship. Now thank you that you're the one who leads us into truth. We submit ourselves to you. Will you speak to us? Holy Spirit, I know that you can do that through what I say or through something I don't say. You're able to to break through. So I just acknowledge my dependence on you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about uh, God's strategy in seeing his kingdom advance was the, the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And that's what saw the kingdom move forward. And as a result of that, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. As we're filled with the Spirit, there's something that he works in us. It's a fruit. And uh, last week, I I don't want to go through all of it. I just want to tell you briefly, last week we talked about the fruit of the Spirit is love. And that's where it all starts. That's the foundation Our life is built on that. That's what motivated God. That's the atmosphere of the kingdom is love. Everything comes from that. It has had an impact, as I shared last week, on the world. Resulted in turning the world upside down. A world that's focused on selfishness. The opposite being a choice for other people's highest, which is love. Literally turned the world upside down. We talked about some of the result of that in society last week. But there's not only a result in in the world, but there's a result in our lives. When we're saturated in the love of God, there's something of security that comes in us. Security in his love. means a lot of things, but one of the things it means is I don't have to perform for approval. I don't have to do all the right things. I don't have to tick all the boxes. Doesn't mean that it's okay if I just run riot, but it's, we all mess up sometimes. We don't have to perform. We don't have to say, have I done enough to come into his presence? We have access to the throne room of grace because of Jesus. We can come right into his presence and receive his grace, which is such a wonderful thing. That's a result in us. I don't have to form, which also means I don't have to accept abuse. I don't have to compromise to find love or acceptance. I can actually be full. And in that fullness of God's love, I can love others. That's what turns the world upside down. 
God so loved, he gave, but then he filled us with his spirit and made us loving as well. And that's an amazing thing. But it goes on from there. Galatians chapter five. If you have your Bible, I've been reading from uh, verse 16 in the, the past, which starts with walk in the spirit. I'm gonna just jump to 22. Uh, interesting enough that this passage from 16 to 26 starts with walk in the spirit and ends, uh, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And as I said early on, those are two different Greek words. One literally just means walk in the spirit, just walk. The other one is walk in step with. So there's something of us partnering with the Holy Spirit that allows the fruit that he's working in us to, to grow and mature. We can't make it happen without him, but he doesn't make it happen without our participation. He doesn't just snap his fingers and say, Tim's got self-control. I always wish he did that. But he actually works with us and transforms us. So, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everything starts there. Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there's no law. I just want to talk a little bit today about joy and peace being based on love. Got a number of scriptures I want to read to you, and then I'll make some comments. But I'm going to actually just uh, turn around and look at the, this deal because, huh? Yeah, they're, they're so much quicker than I am finding it in my Bible. Uh, so, uh, John chapter 15, verse 11 says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. His joy remains in us so that we're full. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Puts the two together. Believing, in believing that you may abound in hope for the power, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. God fills us. We don't work it up. It's something that he does. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus actually says he gives peace. Not as the world gives. We'll get into that in a little bit. 1633. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. I hope you're getting something here. Where do you have peace? In Jesus. In the world, you will have tribulation. How many of you have watched the news recently? Is there, is there tribulation happening? Of course there is. Was, was the Bible true? Yes, we know that it is, but it's true in that too. Uh, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Ephesians 2.14. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. I'm falling apart here. If I just would leave it alone, it'd be better, huh? Tim said, don't touch it, Russ. Uh, Philippians 4, 4 to 7, begins to bring these two together and says this, Rejoice 
in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's a verb from joy. In case you didn't know that. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Rejoice because the Lord's at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. One more scripture, Colossians 3, 14 and 15. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection or the, or the perfect bond, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Put on love and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Joy and peace we understand the scripture, is the fruit of being in relationship with God. It's being secure in his love. If we understand these scriptures, it's something that comes from within us, not from outside circumstances. Joy is not mere happiness. Happiness is when, thi- when things go well, I feel good. Joy is something different. It's something deeper. It's not based on the circumstances. It's not based on what happens. It's something deeper. A few years ago, my mom passed away. And I knew that she was unwell. The, the doctors had said she had a number of months, but she, when I talked to her on the phone, I knew that... Uh, she wasn't going to last long, and I got on a plane as soon as I could. And, but she passed away while I was on the, on the way. And I got there, and I was full of grief and sadness. I was alone because Mary didn't go with me. I had jet lag. I couldn't even talk to, to Mary because my phone didn't work in the States. And I was just overwhelmed with grief. But in the midst of that, I never lost my joy. What I did was press into Jesus and receive something supernatural. You can't understand that if you're not in relation with, relationship with God. It's beyond comprehension. It's beyond our understanding. It's hard to explain to someone. It's not... Uh, pretending something hasn't happened. In the midst of grief and sadness and aloneness, I was able to tap into something of the joy and the peace that comes from relationship with Jesus. Didn't change the fact that I was still grieving. just a direct result of abiding in Jesus. And if we don't comprehend that, what happens is that so many end up working so hard to try and find the right circumstances. If we allow it to be outside rather than inside. 
We think if I can get the right circumstance, if I can find the right person for relationship, everything will be great. Mary and I were watching a, uh, a movie last week, and it was a comedy, and it was about a couple getting married in, in some resort place, and there was a line where things are going wrong, but they, there's an older couple, and the young couple looks at them and said, you know, we, we hope to have a, a wonderful marriage like, like yours. And they said, what do you mean? I said, yeah, yeah, I mean, you guys have been married like 45 years. It must be wonderful. And the woman looked at him, and this, I, this is just a movie, but the line, she looked at him and said, we took a vow. We made a vow. We're still here because we made a vow. It didn't mean everything was wonderful. We had to work through some things. But we made a vow. In essence, they weren't saying, hey, I'm looking for the right circumstances. Too often we say, if I can get the right circumstances, if I find the right things around me, if I find the, the right job with the right people around me, or if I find the, the right people who will, will fill my cup, and the problem is, If we don't believe there's joy and peace, because some come to that place when they're looking outside, they don't really believe there's joy and peace, so they just give up. And they settle for something less than God's highest. They settle for circumstances. Had a uh, commercial advertisement in the States before we moved here. And it was a beer advertisement. But it was these guys sitting around a campfire and one looks at the other and says, it doesn't get any better than this. Now they're trying to say that this beer is the best and you know, and this circumstance. But I thought, boy, have you settled <laughs> for something a whole lot less than the wonderful than the wonder of knowing Jesus and being a part of what he's doing. It doesn't get any better than this. How many of you have actually thought that? I can just put up with this because it, maybe it just doesn't get any better. The danger with that is that you begin to convince yourself. You begin to agree with those things. I'm getting sidetracked. But he says this, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That was Colossians. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now he's writing to Christians, to believers. He's writing to the church. And he's saying something. It's almost like he's saying, you can align yourself with this or you cannot. Let the peace. He didn't say the peace of God is going to rule no matter what you do says, let the peace of God, align yourself with that. Dress to believers. So let me tell you this, even though we're redeemed, we need to receive the joy and peace that comes from him. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit. We need to walk in step with the Spirit in what he's doing so he can fill us with love, with joy, peace, with all those other things. What allows us to allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts? I want to touch very briefly on two things. 
first is the key that allows us to allow the, the peace of God to rule in his heart is the key is where we set our minds, what we focus on. Philippians 4, 8 and 9, we had read up to 7, but if you continue on, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things or set your mind on these things. We have a prayer time before the, the service each Sunday that, again, you're all invited to at 9.20, but one of the guys, David, was sharing this very scripture that God had put on his heart for today, not knowing that it was in my notes. One more, Romans 8.5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit... The things of the Spirit, what it leaves out, what is inferred, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. We set our minds on the things of the Spirit. We set our mind on those things that are good. Somehow we can get in a rut of getting focused on the wrong things. And pretty soon our mind gets fixed on that. It's basically saying... Let the peace of God rule in your heart by switching what you're focused on. Focus back on him. Johan shared a few weeks ago about a passion for his presence. There's something about the presence of God. We experienced that this morning. You don't have to come to church to experience that. You can press in and say, no, I'm going to change where my mind is focused and I'm going to come back to this. I am loved by God. I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what the circumstances are. Sorry, I'm getting excited. The key is this. We can choose, with the help of the Spirit, what our mind focuses on. We can choose with the help of the Spirit what we think about. We don't have to think about the hurts that we've received in our past. We can choose to focus on something else. We can allow the peace that Jesus wants to pour into us to rule in our hearts and minds. What happens? He pours it but we focus on something else and it just runs right out. Doesn't mean he's not pouring, it just means we've just opened up a big hole in the bottom. He pours love and joy and peace and then I get focused on the wrong thing. And I wonder what, where it all went. Second thing, quickly that allows us to allow the peace of God to rule in our hearts is forgiveness. Unforgiveness is a block to the peace of God ruling in your heart. What is unforgiveness? It's I keep focused on the hurt. I keep focused on what someone else did. 
I keep looking at that situation and saying, I wish that were changed, and that becomes our focus, and then the peace of God doesn't rule in our hearts. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and doesn't want to pour peace and joy. It just means that your focus is the wrong place. And so there's something of forgiveness. Now let me say this. None of this is to pretend that negative doesn't exist. Setting our mind on Jesus and isn't pretending. It isn't saying, oh yeah, I'm just gonna be an ostrich and put my head in the sand and pretend this didn't happen. When my mom passed away, I was grieving. I was felt alone, I was sad, I wasn't pretending, but I was able to press into something beyond that. It didn't change those circumstances, but it changed me. Let me say this, that for me, it's pressing in to the presence of God. You know, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'll send another helper. The word in the Greek is parakletos. It's translated in different translations. translated helper, comforter, friend. The word literally means one who comes alongside. It's someone who comes and comforts. It's not just a theological belief. It's not just a theological position. I don't run back to a theological position I press into a relationship. I'm not trying to take away a theological belief from him. I'm saying I want to encourage you to go beyond that into him. I'm going to ask the worship team if they come back up. We're going to, they're going to finish. We're going to look, uh, sing a hymn. But I want to just tell you a little bit about it. It's called, It Is Well With My Soul. Some of you know this, but in 1873, a guy named Horatio Spafford, who was a businessman and a lawyer in the U.S., his family, wife and four daughters, got on a, a ship to England, and because of some business things, he planned to, to join them a few days later. And on their way to England, the ship collided with another ship and sank. And his daughters all died. He got a cable from his wife that simply said, saved, alone. So he got on the, the next ship to go there. And uh, as, I mean, think about it for a second though. The grief, the loss, but also the sense of guilt. I should have been there. I let my business stop me from being with my family in their time of, of greatest need. All running through him. And as he traveled to uh, England, as the ship that he was on passed the spot where the other ship had sunk, he wrote the words of this song. It's incomprehensible unless you have a relationship with God. So we're going to sing it, and I'm just going to ask you to allow the Holy Spirit to pour His peace in you. Okay, would you stand?
the, the words are great, but just it's not just the words. It's not just, okay, this is a conclusion. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something of healing, of equipping, of restoration in some of us.